Tom, why are we here? We're here this uh, Tuesday night to watch Loughborough Dynamo versus Carlton Town. Eamon, what are our topics? Uh, first topic, the role of the EFL and the Premier League with ownership and owners. Um, the second topic is after uh, Neil Warnock said that they think the English refs are the worst in the world. Do we agree with that statement or not? Miles Baker from uh, the Sky Blues Trust, the chairman of the Sky Blues Trust, what have you had for your tea? Well, I have to tell you that I had sausage. It was just one sausage and chips. It was, it was quite tasty. I'm actually quite impressed with the setup here at Loughborough Dynamo. Uh, they have the best badge in non-league football. Uh, the food so far has been excellent, and they've got that fancy Guinness tap when you pour it into, from the can into the into the pint, which makes it almost <laughs> like a three pound fifty pint worth. <laughs> the illusion, at least. Um, exploring. It was. It wasn't extra cold. I don't agree with that. Actually, I don't. That's a marketing ploy from Guinness. You don't actually want to drink your Guinness extra cold. Um, uh, exploring the beauty of the beautiful game and I imagine tonight some of the less beautiful aspects. Welcome to Under the Lights. No, it's nice here, isn't it? It's lovely. It's a good yeah, setup. Yeah. It's a little bit lower down the football pyramid. We've said this a few times. It's nice to get a bit of atmosphere. There are three lads in the corner who are bouncing up and down. They've got three flags. They're banging against the placards, and they are my type of people. They've got uh, exactly the right attitude. So we're supporting Dynamo tonight just on their, from their enthusiasm alone. Do you know what you notice when you go to watch these low league games? Is the this this very there's the the fans seem to be split between people in their pension age and young children. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Both of them give quite a lot of atmosphere to it. Partly because it's so expensive to watch games of football outside of uh, outside of the non-league, isn't it? So I suppose kids and pensioners getting value for money. I, mean, I say that a bit early. I don't know how good either these sides are. <laughs> Tom, have you got uh, have you done your research this week? Yeah, I mean, there's understandably probably not a massive amount online about Loughborough Dynamo and Carlton Town. Um, Carlton Town are actually right in, in the midst of a relegation battle. They are second from bottom, uh, so they are in desperate need of the points. But a very sort of, in, you don't get a lot of this, but a bit of an interesting story about why Loughborough Dynamo are named as they are. And the founders, uh, in, back in like the 50s, watched a friendly between Dynamo Moscow and Wolves. And they loved the name. Um, the colours have sort of become a bit more yellow in modern times, but originally they played in like an amber colour as well. So they loved the Dynamo Moscow sort of brand and the name. And they loved the colours of the Wolves. So it all stemmed from a friendly back in the 50s. And what's the interesting story you've got about Loughborough uh, Dynamo, Tom? Uh, Loughborough <laughs> is a lovely place. Yeah. Uh, I don't have one. Famous for um, Americans thinking it's pronounced Luga Baruga. Um, <laughs> which uh, I heard someone say what's in a train in an American accent and I later found out that that was a joke. So I told everyone that I'd met an American who said Luga Baruga and eventually someone went, that's a long-term joke, you've been dubbed. And uh, yeah, turns out I haven't got an interesting story about Loughborough either. Um, I will just say... Is, is there any links, sorry, really quickly, is there any links between the university and the players you're playing? Do the university players play for the club? I'm, I'm asking Tom really because I have no idea. Paddy's pulled oh, a face. No, the only Loughborough University was Robbie Simpson from, from Coventry. He came from uh, Loughborough University. He came from Loughborough University, yeah. But I don't know. No. They've got quite a decent side of their own, haven't they? Yeah. Loughborough yeah. University. Yeah, I actually. Uh, maybe surprised. it's so good that they don't let the players play. Yeah, I'd be surprised the... if there was a link. They, they, they get uh, scholarships, don't they? Uh, for yeah. it's one of the few universities which actually they want the best athletes there, um, in spite of their potential academic academic reputation so but I think that yeah I think you're right I don't know if they play uh, non-league football Loughborough University but that really is taking it too far we, we were talking about going to uh, a couple of um, tiers below this tonight so it wasn't so far for uh, us and Moss to come because we're all local to the Coventry area but um, actually because it's the time of year now where the league fixtures are about to finish and we're going into the playoff season which would be uh, a right laugh for uh, the last couple of podcasts but we are slumming it here as the ball 
narrowly past the post Carl, in this relegation scrap. Um, and uh, yeah, we're slumming it here, but it's lovely. We're, we're very happy to be there. And we're delighted, uh, Miles, that you're with us today. And you're a very... Um, I mean, it's, it's not a particular coincidence that our uh, topic, our first topic, is going to be something that you'll be able to passionately talk about. Um, and the state of um, Coventry City at the moment is is probably... Uh, I know Tom, obviously, is a, is a, a sort of lapsed Coventry fan, but you're still very active at going to... Oh, well, yeah. Get, still, get to still very active after all these years. Eamon, do you want to introduce the topic then in a bit more detail? Yeah, I think it's probably on the back of Coventry City, and I think there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a there's a not just Coventry, but Blackpool and um, lots and lots of other you know even bigger clubs like Chelsea and, and Man City, where there's quite dubious owners. And obviously, Chelsea and Man City are uh, a, a different Ooh. sort of um, a different sort of kettle of fish. But there's lots of owners out there who. Um, who don't treat the club with the respect that it deserves because, you know, I think we've talked about on the... I, I probably which didn't go out about who owns the club. And I think it's a split between the actual people who have finances behind it and the people who who actually um, support the club. And it seems that the EFL and the Premier League doing enough to actually, you know, regulate who takes over the club. Um, and I think Coventry is a great example of, of that because... Miles, I mean, I, I don't know what your experience has been in the commentary fan since you moved to the Rico and Sisu took over and, and that sort of thing, really. How long have you been the chairman for? This club? I've been the chairman for just under three years. I've actually been on the board for seven years since we we, we formed it, basically, because it had been in abeyance for a number of years. But in that time, in 2012, when we set up, we'd just been relegated from the championship. And I think we knew that the club was in a very difficult position with the ownership and we felt that we needed to do something. Um, essentially, at the heart of what we're about has always been the desire to have supporter involvement in the running of the football club. That's kind of been on the back burner in recent years because we've been dealing with one issue after another, one crisis after another, and obviously we're in a massive crisis situation at the moment, looking as if we're you know, heading for a, a ground share outside of the city again, which is going to be an absolute disaster. And the question's asked in what support we're getting from the EFL. Well, I remember fondly, far from fondly, in fact, vividly, standing on the hill at Sixfields, uh, not going in, but watching that little small segment of the pitch that you can see from there. And the, 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 the chance were regular of let down by the Football League because it should never happen. It should never have been allowed to happen that a football club of Coventry's heritage and standing and a community football club actually plays and did play for a season and a bit at a ground 34 miles away. It shouldn't happen and shouldn't be allowed to happen. So I take it that um, you're very much a part of that school of thought that the Football League and we talk obviously because it's it, the EFL and the Premier League are slightly different but let's just wrap them up in one yeah tonight. yeah the, the governing bodies of football they should level. they should be they should be protecting these institutions uh, these community institutions as best as possible um, and they're not doing enough currently well, the problem is in my opinion the Football League the EFL as it's known these days hasn't got any teeth because it, it doesn't seem to have the ability to to stop football clubs like Coventry City and the other football mm. clubs that you've mentioned, you know, from being in this position. Because, as I said, it, it, it should surely be incumbent on a government body to make sure, a governing body, I should say, um, to make sure that, that, that football clubs like the Sky Blues aren't playing, out, playing outside of the city. Um, and, you know, they, there's the owners and directors test that um, everybody talks about the, the fit and proper, yeah. proper test. Well, if you've been totally cynical, you could say that it's basically a, a box ticking exercise because essentially, if you're if you're not a bankrupt or you're not financially unstable, then you, you can run a football club. There's no, I mean, the, the football league would say that they've um, tightened up on that in in recent years, and they are a lot firmer now on on who they left. Uh, run football clubs and they 
they say that they have stopped you know particular potential owners from from taking over at clubs i'm not sure that we've got any examples of that um Ooh, so I, 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 I did look into this so i i could only find three examples where they used a fit and proper person's test only two from english football uh, actually three from English football two of them are Rotherham I don't know if they've got a vested interest in Rotherham no, exactly. <laughs> um, which is a guy called Dennis Coleman back in 2006 for Rotherham Stephen Vaughan 2009 for Chester then there's obviously Craig Wyatt for Rangers after you know they went yeah. to liquidation in 2012 and then there was the Lewin Tomlinson takeover <laughs> where they failed the fitting problem purpose for not having the right funds but it did your lad from um, one, one direction. Yeah, do you remember, I mean, do you remember <laughs> he came down to he went down to he played a reserve team. He was mates with the guy who wanted to take over. He's a Rotherham fan, so he played one game Doncaster. for the Doncaster. Sorry, yeah. Do I say Rotherham? Yeah, it's Rotherham. Really offensive. Yeah. I'm yeah. quite local rivals, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, Doncaster. Yeah, so he went down to play one game, and they had like the record attendance like ever for an under 23s game. Oh, and I think he got injured immediately. Possible football but, coming. I know, mate. I know, but but I, I think Moz is right. I think the the, 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 the rules around the fit and proper purpose test is essentially. Do you have any invested interest in, in another club at the same time? Is there any laws there saying so you can't be a director of a company? Um, are you bankrupt or not, not even are you bankrupt or have you been bankrupt? Is are you going through the process of being bankrupt? So you could have been bankrupt several times, but if you're not going through the process of being bankrupt at that point, you can still be an owner. And uh, have you been in, in in football teams who've gone through two insolvencies? I would probably argue that one is bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the that's the really narrow view of the fit and proper person. Yeah, test. I mean, it, to, in my mind, what the sort of questions they should be asking is what are these potential owners going to do to take a football club forward? How are they going to engage with the community that that football club serves? Um, you know, what is their long-term commitment to that football club? That, that surely should be, you know, an, an incumbent part of what, what the decision-making process is because what we're seeing in this game, and, you know, it's not just Coventry City, it's other clubs as well, we're having owners you know, take over the football club with no vested interest in the football club and certainly no vested interest in the community that it serves. And that can't be right. You've got, um, at the moment, the Bolton takeover. That's obviously... Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bolton, obviously, in a lot of trouble financially. And they're... So what's his name at the moment, the chairman? Is it Anderson? Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah they're... The people that are interested, I think, quite close to buying them, Ran Watford about seven or eight years ago and got was it they got banned? They got banned they, two years yeah, for fraud. For, but, but, but they're not banned now, so they can take over and fit in front of person's house. As a Bolton fan or member of staff, I don't know how you are meant to feel about that. Well, a Bolt, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Bolton or Watford fans, because the damage it does um, to uh, the community around the football clubs, I might come on to a little bit later, but the people lose their jobs. You know, that, that Sunderland documentary, which uh, I had mixed feelings about as an actual documentary, but it at the very least got to the very um, heart of the damage that the demise of a football club does to its community and to its employees. Um, and I don't know, Moz, how you've done it. I don't know how you've kept the spirit to <laughs> keep on going. I don't know if I'd be... I love a particular football club. I don't know if I'd have the same strength of will to persevere i suppose you're hopeful that eventually in spite of the the lack of support from the footballing bodies that there will be a positive conclusion to it well you always have to hope there's going to be a positive outcome in the end but you asked the question how i've continued i've been doing this for seven years and it it it's taken its toll you know a lot of people do think that i do this as a job as a full-time job well i don't it's 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 very much like you're taking money out of the trust as well no don't even joke about it there are, there are there are some people misguided people who think that that, that actually does happen which is absolute nonsense but um, no, it, it, it's something that we, I do in the spare time that I've gotten, you know, every last drop of spare time. And same with my colleagues on the board as well. And throughout this, this whole crisis, and it has been one crisis after another, the hope has always been that, you know, at some stage we'll walk away and the football club will be in a better place. But 
despite the fact that we got promoted from League Two last season, and despite the fact that we've had a good season this season, just on the fringes of of um, you know being in the playoff places, the football club is not in a good place because potentially we could be playing outside of Coventry next season, and and that it was a disaster in 2013. It would be an even bigger disaster now. I don't think the club could sustain it, and the thought of Coventry City going out of business. You know, it, it, potentially not the sudden death that being expelled from the league would be, but a slow lingering death, I liken it to, by, you know, just not being able to sustain a, a football league club, you know, in over the, the long term. Do you, as a, as a sort of a... I'm not saying necessarily devil's advocate, but do you think it might have even been better had the club gone extinct say seven years ago when you started this process because you'd probably be now in a situation where you had a, a ground in the city centre run by people who care passionately about the football club with the basis of a supporter did, sorry, group really underneath quickly, that. Didn't they try that? Isn't that what Coventry United is? I don't know if you had much involvement with them. I don't have a great deal of involvement with Coventry United. They basically were set up at the time that we moved to Sixfields to, to, to fill the void, basically, for people who weren't going to, to Sixfields. And, you know, they're, they're not a replacement for Coventry City, and they, I don't think they purport to be, but it, I think it was just an alternative football club to support. And, you know, they've done, you know, reasonably well, you know, in that time. Um, but, you know, Coventry City is Coventry City, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that's a totally different entity altogether. And... and you know, to answer your question, hindsight's great. You know, you never know what's around the corner. When Sisu, the owners, took over in 2007, um, it was a great relief. You know, the club were in danger. There was what 30 seconds, 30 minutes away, they say, from from going into administration. But had the club gone into administration then? Would that have been a better option? Many people think that it would, but that's hindsight, isn't it? You just don't know. And in fairness, and you know, to, to see so when they first came, when Ray Ransom was chairman, they did invest in the playing side of the club. You know, they they did you know produce some good players like Scott Dan and Danny Fox and Kieran Westwood and Aaron Gunnarsson. You know, players who, who who had the potential to get a stand from the Championship to the Premier League. But then it all changed, and we started selling players, and we went from one league to the next. And last season we we're in League Two. Tom, I'm going to punctuate this a little bit with your memories of yeah. watching Coventry City. Yeah, literally saying those players' names like that—that's who I watched. And there was a lot of excitement around the club with the Rico Arena move. Um, and you had these players. That, you know, you thought actually these could be the ones. It's quite an exciting young team. It was Ian Dowie was building, Chris Coleman. We had a, a succession of, at the time, fairly <coughs> reputable managers, fairly big managers, and it was quite Darren exciting. Was it? Yeah, he was there just before we left Highfield Road, wasn't he? Yeah, going um, Yeah. Peter Reid, you know, before we left Highfield Road. Not all Harry of them Black. worked out that well, but yeah, they, they, they're Scott Dan, Scott Dan, Danny Fox. They're spending a couple of minutes, like Sammy Klingen, I think, was one of them. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite nice. Spent a lot of money on didn't you? Yeah, the nostalgia, yeah. I've mentioned them players. Callum Wilson was Callum Wilson came through the academy and yeah. he was a great player. Ironically enough, Callum had a great season in the season that we were at Northampton, so I didn't actually <laughs> see him play very often because <laughs> I wouldn't go. So, you know, the, the times I did go to Northampton, I was stood on the hill, so I just saw a tiny tiny little section of him from that small... I don't know if you've been to Sixfields and stood on the hill, but you you basically you stand on the hill and you can see just a small part of the pitch. So, you know, various times throughout the game you'll see, ac see action, but uh, not the whole game, obviously. Yeah, of course. <laughs> going back to the... Because that's really interesting, but going back to the, the original point, so Coventry in this horrible situation, I think they're probably the tip of the iceberg in terms of ownership affecting communities around football yeah. clubs what what do we think that the the governing bodies in football the EFL can, can do differently because I think playing devil's advocate and I'm playing devil's advocate I don't particularly <laughs> agree with what I'm just about to say but um, football football clubs are a business they're a limited company and how much regulation should a governing body have over the ownership of a club you wouldn't have it in a business. If you took over Tesco's and you ran it into the grounds, then you wouldn't have to say, well, what about all those jobs? That would just happen, wouldn't it? So I guess I, I don't really... I, I guess I, I, I'm not saying that I agree with this, but what could have they done differently 
you know, if they didn't, you mentioned earlier, if they said no to Sisu when they tried to come in, you would have been in administration, which could have ended in a couple of different different ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, what can, can they step in now? Can they force them to sell the club? Can you force someone no. to sell their company? No, I think that, I think that is the thing now. A lot of people are saying, you know, we talk about the golden share, which for those that don't know is actually the your passport to play in the football league. You know, all 72 football league clubs have got the golden share to actually play. I you know, shower first in the time. Football league. <laughs> no, 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 that's something well, you can't do. I completely no. reserved. So what? No. No. Golden no, we, share. We did say we weren't going to go down that. <laughs> I've been I've been invited here under false pretenses. <laughs> um, <laughs> where were we? What does that actually do? The yeah, share? basically, it's your it's your passport to play in the football leagues. So, a lot of people have four, and it's it's not right that the football league <laughs> have got the ability to revoke the golden share and give it to another entity, but, but they can't. While the the current owners own the football club, they have entitlement to the golden share. The golden share was when the club went into administration. The golden share was handed to Otium Entertainment, which is Coventry City uh, Football Club and until such time as they don't own the football club they will, will have the golden share so what can the Football League do was your question I think I, I said earlier on in, the, in the, the, the evening that I think at the outset they should be being more stringent in who they allow to take over football clubs and basically establishing what their long term plans are you know what they involvement in the community is going to be things like that um not just a tick sheet um but we are where we are you know at the moment and you know the football league do not i mean we've met with the football league a couple of times recently they do not want coventry city to go out of business they do not want coventry city to be playing outside of the city you know that's for sure but, but they're limited by the they, powers they have they are limited we've got an egm being held on april the 25th what's well, just just next week and, you know, the other 71 Football League clubs will vote on expelling the Sky Blues. I don't think they will, personally. Certainly the feedback I'm getting is that they won't. But if they don't, then the option remains they, they either, you know, go out of business or they do, at the moment, have a ground share situation because Wasps have said, again, that they will not do a deal while the, the, the owners pursue their legal action. And that's the impasse we've got at the moment, have had for some time. And that's why we, at the Trust, have been calling on all sides to work it out, basically. Well, have you got any suggestions, you two? Have you got anything which I, comes to mind? I agree with Moss, really. I think the, the test they have at the moment, the fit and proper persons Ooh. test, is very, very lax, I, I feel. I guess the difficulty is if you made it more stringent in terms of who would take over a football club, how would you enforce that? Because, you know, let's look at something like the Venkies for Blackburn, for example. When they came in, they said they were going to, you know, get them into the Champions League. They're going to get Ronaldinho. David Beckham was going to join them. Uh, instead, they imported Steve Keane and got relegated. Now, I mean, it, they could say we have the money and we are responsible owners, but when they um, employ someone who calls the fans of Blackburn consumers, because of a business background, not a football background, that's going to rub people the wrong way and probably just proves they don't know what they're doing. So I think it is really difficult to enforce any, any rules um, at the offset. And I think even if they did, they'd probably be relatively easy ways to, to get around them. So I think it's a really complex issue. I mean, if there was some sort of fan ownership involved in every club, well, the Bundesliga do it, don't they? You asked this yeah. question. Do you look this up, Tom? Uh, yeah, so the Bundesliga, you have to bear with me, but they have like a, I think it's called a 50 plus 50 one. 50 plus one. Yeah, so, so basically yeah. the... the Thank God Mars knows what he's talking about. I know, about. I know. I told you yeah. to do your research. Well, basically it, what it means is that the, the, the supporters must be the majority shareholder. So it, it prevents... Um, uh, people with money coming in and, you know... Taking over for oh, skied it. Carlton oh, missing absolute Sorry, sitter four yards yeah, out. No, you're okay. Yeah. You can't you can't help but be distracted when someone volleys the ball over from four yards out in a relegation yeah. scrap. Yeah, so I mean, basically, what I was saying is that it, it pre prevents people coming in and uh, you know taking over the football club and. <sighs> 
moving it in the direction that they want to rather than the, that the fans do. So, you know, the fans will always have the, the major voice. And it works. In the Bundesliga, it works superbly. It must work. Everything yeah. in the Bundesliga and everything in Germany works so efficiently <laughs> and properly. Yeah. If, if people make money. work as well as the trains, then they, they work really well. Yeah. Portsmouth did that, didn't they? They took over fan ownership yeah, and, did. Then, and they, then did really well and then sold it to the bloke who ran Disney. Yeah, yeah. They sold it to Disney. Yeah. They're yeah. now officially a Mickey Mouse club. Yeah, that, that should give anybody hope, the fact that Portsmouth Trust, you know, similar trust to ourselves, um, took over the club in partnership with some high net worth owners, you know, and were very successful. And yeah, they have sold it on now, but for a for a good price. And they're they're moving in a different direction now. But you know, they're they're on the verge of the championship, so things moving on the in the right direction for them. The big question was: is how deep are your pockets? Yeah, um, yeah not very deep actually. <laughs> um, I have to say, even. Even that money that we're purported to be getting from uh, other sources, which we, <laughs> which we, don't, which we don't talk about, <laughs> because it's not true. I mean, the 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 have you have you done your research, Tom? I say I ask that because you've been looking at your phone. Clearly, googling yeah, things. I asked no, you to Google no. it on the way in. I, th- I had googled it, but you didn't give me enough warnings oh, right, to so load it. Yeah, yeah, your 4G is not so good round here. <laughs> uh, no, I just I've put this bit of my own thought really, like. I don't quite know how to word it, but aren't football league clubs like members of the of the EFL? Get in! So Finish! Oh! Don't the it didn't go over the line. It did not go over the line. But um, we're in the we're in what is for at least this half the away end. Carry on, Tom. No, don't like. So there's got to be some responsibility of the EFL, like to prevent one of their members, because football clubs like Coventry, like Bolton, bring fans in. They bring, they give the EFL, they get, surely they, they make, get the, they make they their product. Yeah. The EFL are nothing so without that, any of the football clubs. So why, it's not in their interest either to let clubs such as Bolton or Coventry or Blackburn, Blackpool go bust. Surely if the Bundesliga can do it, and, they, and, uh, and that's not even at the level we're talking about. I mean, the Bundesliga um, doesn't quite generate the same um, money as the Premier League, <laughs> far, far from it, actually. But everything else about it is perfect. The way that fans feel a part of their football clubs, the atmospheres, um, and, and clearly, I mean, I can't I see how it's possible it... for teams to go bust if 51% of the club is owned by the supporters. The only thing I'd say about the difference in Germany and England is I think the, the lower stages of English football are still huge, whereas in Germany it's not so much. You have big clubs which drop down, like Hamburg, but the smaller clubs in uh, you know, the, the lower divisions aren't in the same. So you wouldn't get a Coventry City, for example, playing in division in the third tier. You wouldn't have... Yeah, because seven... all the big clubs are run properly, yeah, surely. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of big clubs in England as well. You look at the big clubs which aren't in the Premier League at the moment, mm. and you look at... Um, you know, look at the the Chakache Trophy final the other day. Eighty thousand fans, and it was the highest attended match in, in Portsmouth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was the highest attended match in um, in Europe that day, yeah. and that is essentially not a trophy, really. No offence, Mars. No, I, I said earlier on, it's a minor trophy. Yeah, but for those people that went, it was a great day out. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. I mean, because uh, I know you were joking to get a rise. Yeah, and, yeah. and well done, by the way. I've, I've called him corrupt. I've, I've taken the piss out of their, their only achievement in the last few years. I'm just waiting for him to hit me. We won't see yeah. anything if you do, don't worry. Yeah. Um, but, and but, offering strange pastimes as well. <laughs> It's all noted. <laughs> but actually, actually, it's funny, because I remember you saying, and I know, obviously, you were, uh, you were doing it for a rise, but actually, I remember you saying you're the, most, uh, the, most, the best day in Blues history, Blues City history, was winning the League Cup. I remember at the time uh, giving some, uh, some shit to uh, a mate of ours, Edgy, about it, and he went, look, mate, no-one cares the shape of the trophy when you're lifting it at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, fair point. You're yeah, just, you're just yeah, trying yeah. to make memories in this game, aren't you, really? I uh, want to end on an optimistic note, and I want to think, because uh, you're right, I desperately try and get Tom to commit to being nostalgic and sentimental and sad, um, because I like no, to see him sad. I really enjoy seeing him <laughs> upset by stuff, and I thought Coventry would be a really useful was, tool to, to really break into the heartstrings. No, he's never, ever been sad. He's zen. He's a definition of zen. Obviously, you're happy, but I want, he's I want constantly to, the same level. Yeah, he's just content, just content at all points. Um, I do want to get both Moz and Tom's favourite um, Coventry City memory at I, I, I suppose the cup final is going to be yours, isn't it, Moz? Tom, you go first. Moz, try and think of something which isn't the cup final. Um, just to give a, a bit of hope. Memory, but not the actual favourite memory. Just give a bit of hope to Coventry fans listening, Tom. 
It's got to be the last game at Highfield Road. Right, you can fuck off. Um, <laughs> Miles, have you got anything which isn't the last game at Highfield Road or the Cup final? Um, there are plenty of good memories. I think the fact that we are where we are now, you know, I look back to them days when we were in the the first division, which was the, the, the Premier League as it is now, the top flight. And just the fact that we were playing your Liverpools, your Man United, your Arsenals every week. I mean, there isn't one particular game, but it's the fact that we were, you know, we were playing those teams. And, yeah, you know, Liverpool, we, you know, I remember beating them 4-0 and 5-1 and, mm. you know, results like that. Darren Huckabee is uh, solo goal Darren Huckabee United. against Man United. That, that would be up there. Christmas time, uh, yeah, 1997. Yeah. 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 It went viral the other day, didn't it? It was 20 years since the last English Premier League starting 11 happened. It was against Villa and Coventry won 4-1. Uh, really? Yeah. Ricky Schimmicker was playing. Uh, so I gave him a load of stick for later that night. Oh, you got mates for Ricky Schimmicker? Yeah, I, don't, no, I don't mention it. No. <laughs> Less than I do. Um, the half-time whistle's gone. Luckily, we haven't um, broken any contracting rules because they haven't got a PA system. Uh, or if they do, they don't put music through it. So, um, thoughts on the game, gents? Anyone can go first. Miles, what do you reckon? I've actually, what I've seen of it, because obviously we've been chatting away, um, I've really enjoyed it. It's been end-to-end, hasn't it? I mean, I was... I was teasing that, that big lad up front because he is a big lad, but he's actually got a, quite a turn of pace. He's actually a skillful player. A big Covers ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he's a, he's a useful I, I player. He's got a good touch for a big lad. <laughs> we missed, well, I missed, in my new role as uh, presenter, um, to do uh, the reviews every week. We ask for a five-star rating. Uh, the catchphrase is, you don't have to listen, but you do have to like and subscribe. But we want, obviously, the most offensive reviews as possible, and the most offensive review, or creatively offensive review, um, is the title to our next episode. You'll notice that um, our most recent podcast subscribers, you'd have got a notification which just said rimming. Uh, I, I'm, apolog- I'm really apologetic. My grand subscribes to this. I, I, it's not a sustainable project. But Eamon... It's 30% of our listenership. <laughs> yeah, to be right, yeah. But Eamon, what are our reviews this week? So, one of your aunties um, said, makes you appreciate the... Unfortunately, she's put it in the title, so we can't actually see what she's written. So, uh, I think it's you, Sheila. Auntie Sheila, if you could write the same review for next week, but just put it in the comment section, not the title section, um, and what else have we got to play with? Um, you know what, mate? When we do these, it's always aimed at you. I don't think people like you. I, I don't know what that's about. It's probably your personality. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but the review is Todgers. Yeah, that's uh, the title, is it? Yeah, the title is Todgers. I've got a funny feeling that... To- oh, oh, what a finish. Well done. Celebrate with the fans, lads. L- Loughborough Dynamo scored the number 10, who that's is a big goal. lad. Quick feet for a big he, lad. Uh, he, he dances past us in celebration. Eamon gives him some steak. Eamon, he would kill all four of us. I generally thought he was going to celebrate with us. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he was coming over. I was yeah, getting ready for the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Did, uh, did, what was, I, couldn't, I was looking at the um, reviews. What was the goal like? Did anyone actually see it? Yeah, so defender was sort of jockeying him. He just quickly shifted it onto his left, which took him a bit wider, drilled it across keeper into the far post and thank god there isn't a bookies here because I said put all your money on Carlton who look the better side I've got something to play for but Loughborough take a one nil lead Eamon the uh, Todgers review please uh, Paddy Breslin is a scab and should not be allowed on national television I'm not too sure if the person writing this realises this is a podcast no, it's, a, uh, it's actually a quote from Vic and Bob but uh, yes, yeah, it's a very niche yeah, uh, yeah, reference yeah, yeah. Um, as for the other two daft lads at least the sound quality largely drowns them out my grandmother's get better clarity whistling greasy chip butty into a stick of rhubarb listen to this I'd rather lop off my todger with a rusty spoon. Five stars. Wonderful. Eamon, second topic. Yes. So, firstly, happy birthday to me. And secondly, um, <laughs> the, the topic is, um, are the English, the, the, Premier, uh, the Premier League referees, are they the worst in the world? This comes after... Is ne- it Premier League or English? Premier League. Premier League. So, this is... I mean, we can talk about English referees. I'm, I, you know, I'm not a dictator. I will allow Isoka to, to talk about um, referees in the Championship in League One. No lower, though. Um, so this this comes after Neil Warnock said that the English, the Premier League is the best in the world, but the referees are the worst in the world. Uh, in context, in case people don't remember, this was when they were one 0 up against uh, Chelsea. Ball gets played into that post. Um, 
yeah, ball gets played in the back post. As the request is probably a yard and a half offside. Heads in and it's not flagged offside. Um, also, last week or this week, um, Sunday, um, Liverpool beat Chelsea 2-0 in a game Ooh. that they deserve to win. In a very good quality game of football. After the game, Sari said, um, also reiterated the fact that the referees are not good enough. And this was following a perceived foul, which I didn't think was a foul. I don't think anyone else did. A perceived foul in the build-up to the left-back, Emerson, um, um, from Mo Salah, just before Henderson crossed in for Mane. Um, so I guess the, the, that's the question is, do we agree with both Sari and Neil Warnock? Or do we think they are talking Todgers? Well, you use that race correctly. Yeah, uh, Todger is your willy, but yeah, I don't see why not. Okay, cool. Um, who, you, uh, on, who are you opening it out to first? Um, Tommy did some research, didn't he? <laughs> Tom did some research in the back of the Fiesta. Tom, what did you find in that half an hour period? <laughs> it's a deliberate um, no, pause as he gets okay. his phone up. I... You can't just move your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Raise my eyebrows and look blank. <laughs> the, the power of silence. Um, well, I've done... Yeah, so we, we, me and Naaman sort of realised that our research was on the same same study that was done by the... I think it was... Uh, is it the PMGO, I think they're called? The Professional Game Match Officials, sort of. They did this study on the referees. It was about two years ago, about Premier League referees. So... Apparently they make about 245 decisions a game, which is a decision every sort of 22 seconds. So, to sort, I mean that that's that's a hell of a lot of responsibility for for one person, um, and it sort of broke it down, saying about 45 of these were technical decisions. So, if it's a goal kick, a corner, or a throw in, and then you know, obviously that leaves about 200 to judge sort of physical contact or disciplinary actions, but. Of them, 200, about 35 were visible where action was taken, such as like, fouls and, and restarts, and 165 was sort of where the referee was allowing advantage. So Finish! If they they sort of found that they, the referees were making about five Ooh, errors yeah. per game, which actually means they're right 98% of the time. In the last sort of few seasons, they said that the number of decisions referees make each game has increased by about 3% because of the sort of rule changes that have been brought in and um, it's it's a bit of a double-edged sword in the sense that as a referee you're inevitably going to make half of the fans unhappy by your decision half the fans will think you're brilliant half of the fans will think you're totally inept you don't get a 50% allocation as an away fan Tom and uh, you know well, I'm, I'm well. accounting for TV viewers as well okay, and fine. also well, maybe the neutrals as well but they sort of ask you know the complexity of the job that you see referees and they do more often than not I mean I'm basing this pretty much on, on the Premier League but they get a lot of the decisions right, and it's not easy for, for refs. They've got the, the speed of the game, the players trying to make it difficult for them, going down easily, you know, the, the changes of the rules. The handball you know, rule, for example, is changing. It's such a grey area. I don't think that they very, get very, enough... Very interestingly, just that handball yeah. rule, and I'll let you finish, handball rule is different in the Champions League than it is in the Premier League. Yeah. Did you guys well, know that? Making your yes. body bigger is the most absolute horseshit. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's why you see fouls given, uh, penalties given in the um, in, in the Champions League, and they wouldn't be given in the Premier League because the rules think, are different. I think so that relates to other general sort of play as well. Like in Champions League games, you see stuff given that probably wouldn't be given in the Premier League. I, I just I think that the referees get a hell of a lot right and they people focus probably I don't know if it's rightly but they focus on the decisions they get wrong. You know, players get stuff wrong, managers get stuff wrong, we get stuff wrong in our lives and there's so much scrutiny on the referees. I, I don't think they're the worst in the world. I think they I think they're quite professional now. They're, as the sort of the game has got quicker, they've had to sort of change their role and their preparations for it. They are professional now. They have, I think they have like a, a warm down on a Monday sort of thing, and then they'll spend the next few days preparing quite intensely for it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I suppose the thing is right. now we talked about it in the first half is that the the riches are so great, aren't they, at the top level? 
decisions going against you which can affect where you end up, you know, getting promotion, you know, winning, uh, winning competitions. Yeah. You can understand managers who, who often, you know, you know, their tenure at a football club is, is, is limited to a short period of time. Why, you know, like Neil Warnock the other day, get so you know upset about things but I think you're right I think you know particularly at the elite level at Premier League level you know the, I think the refereeing standard is is pretty good I think further down the pyramid you know yeah. where I watch my football in League One at the moment in League Two last season it's pretty ropey mm. you know but I guess that is the same in the quality of the football as well do okay so the, the problem we have with this podcast at the moment, when we talk about referees, is that inevitably VAR comes up. We did VAR as a topic most recently, but obviously the, the real benefit of having a guest on, we won't get into a rant about it, Eamon, because that's what we did. Not because I won the argument last time and you changed your opinion. That's uh, why. Uh, I, I, I admit to you that in confidence. Um, but actually, I, uh, it's, it's more complicated than that. But, Moz, as our guest on today, you're free reign. VAR. I'm not a fan. I love you so much, Mark. <laughs> I always have and I always will. The, the problem with VAR in what's been introduced so far is just how long it takes to make a decision. I think it's taken a lot of the passion out of the game. I think there's a balance between getting decisions right and, you know, take, detracting from, from the game that we watch because, you know, I've seen a number of games where it has been the, the time spent from the original instant happening to the decision being made is just incredibly long. You're talking, you know, minutes. And, you know, we were always told that when this came in, decisions would be made in seconds, but, but that isn't the case. Now, you know, further down the line, it might be, you know, a successful uh, introduction to the game. I mean, I, was, I think it was great when goal line technology came in because that was clear decisions we all remember that Frank Lampard goal that was about you know six foot over the line you know that that should never be allowed to happen but I don't know I, I'm not keen at the moment I take it Tom that you're you're a fan you do look alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Tom, oh, can you take that? Oh, see you later. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so, I, I can't. I, the problem we're going to have now is that I'm worried about us getting into exactly the same <laughs> argument as we did. Yeah, you're fine. You're okay. No one's heard your opinion. Everyone heard our opinion for the best part of an hour disagreeing fundamentally. Say, uh, yeah, very you're loosely and you're one friend from uni. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. They, they both heard our opinion in VAR in detail. So, so try and make it different to what you said last time if you can. Change your opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for VAR mostly. I don't know if this was different from last time. It's haven't changed since last time. But mostly to do with the fact that, especially the top level of the game, that, that, that goal against Cardiff was a clear and obvious error and I don't think the referees would want to be associated with that that mistake, and that could be the difference between Chelsea, um, Cardiff going um, Cardiff going down. It could be the difference between Chelsea getting into the Champions League, and we shouldn't be. Um, you should have the referees every possible assistance they can do because they have such a difficult job. Moving on a little bit further, I think talking about the referees being. Um, um, the worst in, in the world. The, I found it really interesting during the Cardiff game because I was watching it on TV and I saw it go in and I thought, oh, he must be on sides because he's so clearly off sides that, that he must be off sides. He must be on sides. And I watched it again and I thought, like, oh no, he's really off sides. And I think that mentality was, I wasn't, my first thought is, the referees get it right. The referee, I'm so used to the referee, the linesman, even really marginal calls getting the decision right yeah. that when they got saw something wrong, it was shocking to me. Um, and I think that is um, quite a testament, really. And I think, personally, I think that the, the, the managers and pundits have a lot to answer for in oh. terms of um, in terms of how we deal with um, referees and how we treat referees in this country. Because after every game, I mean, this, the, I mean, I mentioned the Sari comment earlier. I watched that game. The Liverpool second half were fantastic. You know, they definitely deserve to win the game. Why is he mentioning the referee? That was even if it was a foul. That was you know, it was a good five or six seconds between Emerson losing the ball in the place he shouldn't be losing the ball when he's been challenged by um, by he's been challenged by Salah to um, to the goal going in. And so that's that hasn't affected. I mean, it's an important moment in the game, but that's not the referee's fault. That's his left back's fault for not passing the ball quick enough. So that should be the talking point. But after every game, all pundits do is talk about 
the key moments in the game. They try to create a narrative around the key moments in the game, and often that is around the referees. Yeah. By the way, the narrative argument, I stole that from Lars Sigerson, okay. just because um, I love that argument that football is just a, uh, lots of random... Um, events. events and then we as fans pundits whatever we are we try to make a narrative of why we've just seen what we've seen <laughs> I don't think we could call ourselves pundits yet <laughs> no. Tom uh, you, you got uh, excited then well, yeah, and, talk, and I've never seen that before man, uh, talking about the managers um, and also the Cardiff Burnley just pure excitement that I got you two mixed up <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's really made my day yeah, real, real disappointment <laughs> that, yeah. uh, Simon's birthday so we'll let him have that one um, <laughs> no <laughs> The, the Cardiff Burner game at the weekend when Ben Mee, I think, headed it into his own art. It's, for, for me, it's a penalty, but the fact that Sean Dyche was like, you know, the ref gave, the ref gave it, I think, and then reversed his decision. And Sean Dyche comes out saying, yeah, I think he's made the right decision. I, you'd like to see, because it's, it's gone in the favour of his team. Obviously, Neil Warnock's fuming about that decision. If it was the other way around, Dyche would not be saying that. I'd like, I think the managers have a bit of a responsibility to, to not blame the referee and think, right, we've got 90 minutes to, to try and win this game. You know, let's win the game by playing football, by tactically being better than the team, whatever. Do you think, oh, sorry, without taking the presenter role, in terms of um, the referees, so would people be saying, would Neil Warlock be saying these referees are the worst in the world if the refs had the chance to come out and say, this was my point of view, this is why they I changed doing my mind. It, didn't they? They, did it, they did it very briefly in the early noughties for about half a season. Referees started coming out and interviewing and they told them to pack it in. I can't remember what the reason was. It's such a long time ago. I think... Andy Durso was still referee. I think... <laughs> I think the memory serves, and once again, please please correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the referee came out and said, yeah, I made a really bad error, that was a really bad mistake, I apologise. And half the people said, that's really refreshing. To see this person as a human, they've made an error, people make errors all the time. And a lot of the referees said, you can't admit that you've made a mistake. That's You, you can't come out and say that you've, you've messed up. It, I guess maybe a liability issue that... You know, if someone gets relegated based on the bad decision, and, <laughs> and so the referees come out and said to the media, "It's my fault." Then you know, Jeff Winter was still refereeing. David Ellery was still refereeing. Still I have a really encyclopedic knowledge of referees from the early nine, uh, from the late late nineties, early nineties. Uri Rennie. I'll take one more. From Paul Alcock. Yeah, fantastic. Now, now Wonderful. Sadly deceased, of course. Oh God, oh, God yeah. yeah. Got that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was quite recent, wasn't it? Yeah. Actually, what I was going to ask you, Mars, is um, uh, it's kind of it's a bit of an odd question. I haven't really phrased it well in my head as of yet. I wonder how it'll come out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> That's do, what I always say. <laughs> do so. You're, you've watched commentary, unfortunately, fall through the leagues and start their way back up again. Um, but obviously, the time frame that was quite a slow process. Have you noticed a big difference between divisions? Bearing in mind, I suppose, that some of the divisions... I mean, the Premier League was last, what, 2001, so it's probably not a fair um, fair question to ask about the top flight. But what about League uh, 2 and League 1? Are there, are there noticeable differences from, from the two um, tiers there? Are we in talking ref- about refereeing? Refereeing standards, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think, and I don't know whether it is because I'm biased, I, I don't think so because I do tend to have quite a you know, good regard for referees, but I find referees at that level a lot fussier um, and not letting the game carry on. Whereas I think in the Premier League, I think there's, you know, there's a lot more common sense refereeing that I would would call it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think they do the best that, that they can. And I, you know, I, I'm not one for after we've had a defeat to, to blame it on the referee too often. You know, for some people, it's kind of like every game. Oh, the referee was crap. You know, mm. you know, it, it was all down to him. So, you know, but. It's like thing like anybody's a supporter. You see a really bad decision being made. Yeah. You know the one we talked about. You know from Warnock the other week, and you're gutted about it because, the, the, especially if you lost, there's no coming back from that, is there? Well, especially in Cardiff situation, they actually might not yeah. be. In and, fact, and, they're playing tonight, aren't they, <coughs> against Brighton? Brighton yeah. Cardiff tonight will decide if Brighton win, then the three down are sorted, aren't they? I mean, not two of them already. Yeah. So, so, really quickly, I think Moz, you just picked up a really interesting point there that I want to sort of explore a little bit more and get your opinions on. I'm also taking over the presenter role. I've seen it properly. You've got the yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of love going on. Chris Paddy's not said that at all. 
Um, <laughs> you, said, you said that you This want... isn't about uh, corruption, is no, it? No, 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 no. no. Or golden showers. No, yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned that you wanted common sense from referees, and I think what people ask for from referees is two, two things, is, is common sense and is consistency. And I think that they are mutually exclusive viewpoints. You can either have consistency, i.e. applying the, the laws of the game every single time in any situation, or alternatively, you have common sense. Now, I don't, but you can't have both. You can't have a situation where you, you, you have both. Common sense dictates if it's a 90-second minute and someone's tugged a shirt on the halfway line, the game, they're winning 4-0, uh, they're losing 4-0, they're not going to give them a second yellow and send them off. But the yeah. consistency would be you get a second yellow and sent off. So I don't know what your views on that. Can you? Can, firstly, it's a two-part question, isn't it? Firstly, can you have consistency with common sense? And secondly, which one would you prefer to have from your referees? I think common sense every time because I think you, you, you need that. I mean, we have this situation now where a player scores a goal in the 90th minute injury time, takes off his shirt and he's booked. You know, if he's already been booked, he's sent off. And that, you know, that's a rule and they have to adhere to it. But it's a daft rule, in my opinion. Um, so I'd like to see more common sense in that situation as well. So, so really quickly, was it Seb Blatter who said that they should be able to take their shirts off because that's why women watch football? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 sounds, it sounds very Blatter-esque. Yeah. Oh, yeah, OK, so here's, here's a question for you. Um, and it is a bit devil's advocate because you guys play uh, regularly um, at uh, amateur level and I am involved at the amateur level. Um, is it okay for the referee to be the pantomime villain? Is it, is it not part of the job that no one likes the referee and you accept that as a burden? I'm putting that out there. I think Mike Dean quite likes to be the pantomime villain, doesn't he? Like, pantomime, yeah. He likes himself I far mean, too much, Mike Dean. He's a good referee, yeah, Christ. I don't know. It's not really. It's not the referee's job to be the pantomime villain, is it? Like, I'm not saying so. personal abuse. I'm not saying anything racist, homophobic, sexist stuff, which really crosses the boundary. But if you call the referee a wanker, how how if if a fan calls a referee a wanker, how bad is that really? If if a load of people, if a load of supporters give referee generic, you call it abuse, but let's just I mean, it's, it, you know it's it's patter at best. Is that is that is anything wrong with that, Tom? Is that, does that take away something from the game, or actually does it add a lot to the game that there's a there's one person in the pitch that everyone's united <laughs> in hating for I 20 quite minutes? I like that. Yeah, I don't know if it's right, but I do quite like that. There's something quite refreshing. <laughs> I think it's been part of the game certainly for as long as I've been watching, and you know, just it's one of them that creeps out every now and again. It's not it's not it's not a regular chance, is it? But you know when the the, the fans. Yeah. Sing that one, or you don't know what you're doing. It yeah. kind of means that they're having a they're having a ropey afternoon. You're shitting, you know you're yeah. Yeah. Who's your father? Yeah. Who's your father? But 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 actually, <laughs> but but actually, surely it adds something. How hilarious was it watching Warnock in the middle of the pitch <laughs> with his hands on his head, staring at the referee? And I was thinking, look, most people here are going to feel sorry for the referee. Warnock's actually taking the pantomime villain, um, and it's it's all part of the drama. I mean, it's not. It's, this isn't none of this. This is for a greater cause. It's all entertainment. I mean, it's more than entertainment, as we discussed earlier. It's huge football. Is, it, it straddles the line between entertainment and community. Um, and the importance of its community is certainly not understated on this podcast. It's, it's, you know, it's hugely important. But ultimately, you go to the football, you feel certain emotions, but a load of people go to the football just to be entertained and they watch games that they don't have a vested interest in just to be entertained. And if the referee is the villain of the piece, so be it. So... To my view is, <laughs> oh God, oh my. so um, as, as you guys know, I play football on Saturday and Sunday. Um, Miles, I play football on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, um, I've heard this. Yeah, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard great things. Yeah. <laughs> only, <laughs> only for me, Monday. That, 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 that was Tom. You guys mixed up, yeah. Yeah, you two guys mixed up. You wouldn't, you wouldn't on the football pitch. Yeah, he's the good one. So, so on Saturday I got injured, and Sunday they didn't have a referee, so I volunteered to referee, and I, I thought I was fantastic as a referee. I thought didn't volunteer, got paid. Obviously, got paid for it. And and I gave what I thought was a clear cut penalty to. Um, the team that I play for um, where the guy crossed the ball and he moved his hand towards the ball and he handballed it and the team we were playing against lovely bunch of lads and they all shouted at me you know one of them called me a wanker and then in the second half I gave a penalty against the team I play for um, after what I thought was absolutely clear um, shove in the back 
and my own teammates called me a wanker. <laughs> so after the game, realistically, I've given penalties to both sides. I think I've had a really good game, and everyone thought I was a wanker. And realistically, I don't really want to do that again. And I think that the problem with having a pantomime villain is why would anyone want to be a referee? And if you don't want people to get a referee, that's why we have a refereeing crisis. That's why teams at the you know the amateur level and the ki kids you know they do kids games and they just get abused. And why would you want to do that? So I mean, I get the argument that it's part of the drama, but. Why would you want to be a referee if that's the way you're treated? I, I, that's why I said at the start a of it. Narcissist? No. Narcissist. Is that narcissist? I'm thinking well, a narcissist is someone who loves themselves to the point that they... No, what am I thinking of? Uh, sadomasochist, maybe. Thank you. A masochist. We're going down that road again, aren't we? <laughs> God and shower is sadomasochism. It's been developed. Yeah, we can't escape it. We can't escape it. Well, actually, um, that's why I said at the start, I'm playing devil's advocate. It's not because I disagree with what I actually said about the professional game. I think referees get paid well, and as long as they're protected, and that they know what to expect, that's okay. But actually, to get to that level, you have to go through many, many strands of football below this level we're watching tonight, and in including this level and higher up than this level as is a goal male scramble and Carlton get the equaliser possibly 17 Carlton away fans go wild and that sounds uh, patronising but it's not fair play for them to turning up and it's brought this game back into life where Loughborough had dominated the second half uh, Carlton have got something to play for Loughborough don't and maybe maybe that fake bet we didn't put on uh, might just uh, come true if they've weathered the storm 1-1. One, one. Um, so the, the, the problem is uh, with someone like Warnock doing what he did, and I, I, I both love and hate Neil Warnock, like most people in football, I think. The problem with him doing what, that something like that is undermining the referee does drop through the levels to the point where referees and amateur football and lower league football who aren't protected properly get physically assaulted. People, sure. yeah, We have a shortage of referees because no one wants to do it, and why would you? Why would you want to put yourself through that? And that, that is the problem. So there isn't really an argument to say that we shouldn't be abusing, that, 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 that accepting the abuse of referees is OK. But, but equally, that impurity and the fact that it's a, it's a, a game played... You know, it's, human error is hugely important in football, both from the players and the referees. That, that is something that I will miss when VAR takes complete strangle on the game and, and makes it... A perfection. A referee would basically become an administrator at the top level, wouldn't he? If there's ever a problem, they just call him back and he looks at the video and it's all sorted. Any thoughts on Loughborough Dynamo versus Carlton Town tonight? I'd rather be watching Dynamo Moscow. <laughs> Is that that's, it? That's not, that's not bad, Tom. Uh, um, no, no, generally, I think, yes, second half's been a bit scrappy, but... Very, very nice sort of good goal from, from the left of the eyes. And is, yeah, it's just been it's been a bit scrappy, but it's been a few chances, is not there? This is as much as I've enjoyed any of the games we've watched in the podcast. Yeah. In, in yeah. terms of it's not been the best quality. <laughs> That's great. I keep it terrible. Um, it's not been the best quality, but it's been really entertaining to watch and it's been a lot a lot of chances, which is we don't always see. Yeah. I'm watching this level and it's got a bit, a bit of everything because there's more people here that let's look at and think oh they've got the same physique as me which is quite nice <laughs> um, I reckon I can come on for five minutes <laughs> um, what's, what's, what's your view Moz? I've enjoyed it I mean obviously it's the first time I've been here and I've, I think it's probably the first Evo stick game that I've watched but yeah like you say it's, it has been scrappy at times but it has been entertaining and it's, there's a lot of passion out there and a lot of passion amongst the fans as well. It's a bigger crowd than I was expecting to be here tonight. To be Mars, honest. I'll give you a scenario. I don't want it for you because I want everything to be sorted out at Coventry very soon and you just keep your League One place and your camera and rising. As I said, a difficult relationship with Coventry in the past because I was a local lad not supporting the club, but I want nothing more than them oh, to uh, always left for go through one on oh, one. It's a good save. save. Good save what from a, a dodgy keeper. keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Great save from the keeper who's got pelters from aiming all night. But uh, Loughborough still pressing now, even though they've got nothing to play for. Can, can't maybe just hold out for this point, which maybe. Um, I don't know how, how many how many points are they in the relegation zone. Tom hasn't I got a clue. Three. Just making up numbers. I don't think anyone's actually going to check, are they? Well, possibly. Feel free. I die hard. Feel free to check. Mars, the question to you yeah. is: it all goes wrong yeah. in the next two years, and you start at this level. Just imagine now 
this place with well, it won't be this place, obviously. This is lovely. <laughs> but let's say, let's say uh, the butts and the neat or something with 4,000 cough fans, 5,000 cough fans at the lower levels. You can have a beer outside, you can take your pint outside, and you take you know, thousands away to these tiny, tiny grounds. Is there an appeal of that at all to you? I've always thought. If we went, I wouldn't want to be in your situation now, ever, that the, the Cod fans have had to go through for the last seven years. If you get completely eradicated a la um, Wimbledon and you come back as AFC Wimbledon, that might actually start to feel quite appealing, surely, at some point. I want Coventry City to be playing in the Football League. I want them to be going upwards and you know, be in the Championship and then hopefully at some stage back in the Premier League. But if it happens that we go out of business and we have to start again, we start again and... If we do end up playing at grounds like this, then I'll be there watching the Sky Blues. With thousands. There will be thousands as well. I oh, think that, I, And I think that's a serious question that the Football League would have to think about. You know, if Coventry City were expelled, where, if we started again, where would we start? Because the crowds that we would take to non-league grounds, you know, you imagine coming somewhere like here with three or 4,000 people wouldn't be able to sustain it so and they would as well they, 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 the away following that Carver have had for years has been great but I actually think it's almost better now that they've had so much going on at, at the Rico they yeah. take huge numbers away they, from home. they we, we do I mean we, we took nearly 3,000 to Sunderland at the weekend and you know every every game this season we've taken a, a great following so you know, one way or another, I think, you know, there is a future for Coventry City, you know. So I'm, you know, trying to be optimistic about it. I think it's a chance. It's a goal! Well, it's a headed back pass. The keeper and the number 15... I mean, who's to blame? It was oh, a soft... 100% the keeper. Do you think? So soft, all game. soft headed back pass. The keeper is slow off his line. Who scored the goal? What number was he? Three. Number three gets a little toe in before the keeper can possibly get to the ball. He could have definitely empty net. Hey, I mean, explain that goal better because I was talking to Moz and looking into his beautiful eyes. Um, there's there's a call from the keeper to to head it back, um, and he heads the ball back, but he's still standing on his line. So he comes out. It's not a great header back. He comes out. The fullback is pressing for some reason high at the pitch. Gets there slightly before. Falls out and just passes it into an empty net. It's a much bigger uh, defeat than it is a win for Carlton than it is for Loughborough. That is awful. That's why I'm not a journalist. I always thought I could make it, but uh, I think I found my level tonight. Uh, with Tom and Eamon, but not with Moz. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're way above our level, and it's a real pleasure to speak to you tonight, and, and we really appreciate your time. And we just hope Tom, obviously, um, doesn't care at all. I've tried my best to like pick his nasal hairs to uh, try and get him to cry about the demise of Coventry City. But... We, 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 it would be fantastic to see Coventry back uh, to a whatever level, just on terms with their supporters and their community. And I'm sure that when that does happen, you'll have played a really important part in that. So thanks so much for coming on tonight. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Nice to to meet, to meet you guys. I've seen a good game of football. It's uh, it's it's great to be at a football match, you know, and talking about football for 90 minutes, which is quite an unusual sort of concept in its, in, in its own way. But um, I've enjoyed it. It's been cracking. Thank you. So it's very nice, isn't it, to watch football you're not vestedly interested yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care who wins. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? When you're watching, you know, you know your, your team play, you, you can never fully enjoy it because you've got such a you know, vested interest. Yeah, yeah. In an earlier episode, it was Kettering versus... Oh, it was uh, Redditch. Redditch, yeah. Four-all. Four-all. And we celebrated the last-minute equaliser and then had to leave really quickly because all the home fans were looking really angry and walking towards <laughs> us. But we didn't, we didn't care. It was exciting. Yeah. That's, that's, you know... It's therapy watching football you don't care about, isn't it? It's like a hot bath. Whereas watching football that you where you care about one side is, is the most painful I do always, I do always think that your relationship with Derby and Moz's relationship with Coventry is like being in an abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah like... Yeah. like yeah. You know it's bad, you know it's bad for you, you know it causes you health problems, but you're not going to give it up, are you? You're just going to keep going and keep getting hurt by it. And That's the thing, is it? You can't walk away. You know, we, we, we sing that song, City Till I Die, and we mean it because it's it's part of your blood. It's 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 what you've grown up with. And, you know, whatever happens to Coventry City, they'll always be my team. I'll never support another football club, and I guess you guys are the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it's unfortunately it's exactly how it is. And Tom will get back into it. He'll knacker his knees, he'll take his kids, and hopefully by then there'll be a very um, 
stable Coventry City. Like, like Moz said, if it's somewhere like this, that's where I'll go. Like, I you, would, you don't want to, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a, I love this level of football, but you want a club that, you know, you want... Oh, of course I would, yeah, but they're, they're the local side. Like, the sort of older I've got, the less appealed I am by the riches of the Premier League. Yeah. Well, don't worry about that, because even if it gets yeah. sorted at Cov, it takes yeah. a while to get back there. I, I had to admit, though, if I could just... If Derby could just win the Championship every year and not get promoted, that'd be fantastic. I, there's no real appeal to the Premier League. What's the point? The only problem is that you might do a Leicester and actually make incredible memory, but the chances are, you know, so yeah. slim, depressingly. It's fucking Leicestershire, isn't it? Let's get out of here. Mm. I'm waiting for the referee to blow up so I can do the... Uh, that might be it. Yeah. No, not quite. He's flirting. I've got, I'll do the contact details just, now. Just, just one last thing before we do the contact details. Just uh, happy birthday to me. Can I carry on? Okay, wonderful. Uh, you can email us if you need to. And if you're a potential sponsor, then definitely do. On under the lights. Yeah. <laughs> 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 under the lights yeah. pod at. I'm waiting for that brown bag to appear. <laughs> <laughs> by now. <laughs> under the lights pod at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter at Under the Lights P, where you ran out of letters. Then you put out the password to our account. Then um, Tom takes a picture or two and puts them on Instagram. If you can be bothered to look at that, if you really are bored, if you're jet lagged and you've somehow stumbled across us in a foreign land, Under the Lights podcast on Instagram. Facebook we don't use. Uh, there's an account somewhere. If you can find it, then you win a special prize. Um, please leave five-star reviews and terrible, terrible comments. And if Carlton get an equaliser now, we're on the pitch. He's missed from, I'd say... Oh, it's a, is it a save? Is it taking a nick? A block on the line. We've gone. To, we've finished this too early. This is going to be an absolute editing disaster. <laughs> I said really nice things to Mars. I've gone go through up. all the yeah. lists. The Can the referee just let the, the awful keeper's going to go up and no, somehow not, make a hash it? of it? That's what I love about football. Yeah. Keeper going up in the last minute. Just that hope. Keeper Ball goes in. It's a decent corner. It's over the bar. It's a goal kick. It's the it's final right. whistle. So I think... I thanks again to Moz. And gents, I reckon it's time to get back to the fiesta. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your support.